Hey guys, you're listening to the Tasha Labs podcast, and today we are talking to Kevin Lim, founder of Nitro, which is the first Solana Layer Two solution building in Cosmos. So I invited Kevin a while ago because you know Layer Two rollups have been all the rage this year with the fast growth of、uh, Optimism and Arbitrum and some other Layer Twos on Ethereum. So. But we haven't heard much about Layer Two's building on other ecosystems, right? So, last year I thought this was eventually going to happen for some of the larger ecosystems like Solana, and it is indeed happening as a new way for blockchains to scale. So that's why I wanted to invite Kevin to talk about、uh, what they are working on. But obviously, you know, right now we are two weeks after the FTX. Accident, <laughs> that debacle, that affected a lot of the Solana ecosystem. So a lot of the Solana tokens are down bad right now because of the perceived connection with uh, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, and also there are liquidity problems. And、uh, for for a while, we had like a validator validator problems on Solana chain after the、um, FTX uh, uh, incident. So. I'm definitely looking to talk about that and talk about you know、um, how Kevin is、uh, seeing the ecosystem,、um, you know, evolving or coping with the、uh, situation right now, and、uh, how they're thinking of、uh, um, their growth strategy going forward. So, without further ado, Kevin, how are you today? Doing great. Thank you so much for the great introduction. Um, I guess I'll just jump into a quick background myself before we jump into what Nitro is and、sure. how we think it is、uh, highly beneficial for the Cosmos and Solana ecosystem. So,、uh, prior to getting into crypto,、uh, my background is in traditional finance as well as operating at startups. I really saw the massive opportunity that crypto provided through starting my my previous startup, where I was creating a social network for tennis players.、Um, mm-hmm. I really saw the benefits of being able to use tokens in order to Uh, provide contributions to people around the world.、Um, that is not something that is easy to do with Web two、uh, infrastructure.、Um, and、uh, you know, I, I just reflected on kind of where the industry was, realized it was a little bit too early for a social network for tennis to to really take off、um, within the current crypto infrastructure. So I was actually fortunate enough to work at Say previously,、uh, where I led research on modular blockchains and. After meeting with several Solana founders, it was just really obvious that there was a huge opportunity to build the first Solana VM chain, and that is quite literally、uh, the simple way to understand what Nitro is.、Um, mm. It is the first Solana VM chain, and we will be launching on Cosmos in Q1 of next year. So,、um, Nitro is the same execution environment or virtual machine as Solana.、Um, Solana developers will be able to cross deploy on Nitro and vice versa, with no changes. Um, and long term, Nitro will really help the Solana VM become a development standard across the space as a whole.、Mm-hmm. So,、uh, but like, can you can you give us some explanations just for people who don't know in terms of like technicalities? Can you talk about what what is the Solana VM, like the concept of VM, and what are the rollups and layer two? So, just like briefly touch on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, SVM or C level V is Stands for C level VM, and this is the Solana smart contract language.、Um, a rollup is a blockchain scaling solution that focuses on executing transactions outside of the L1 in order to boost performance.、Uh, 
Um, and that is how it enables more users to have higher performance um, and utilizes the layer one itself for um, other aspects of the, the blockchain tech stack. So uh, taking a modular approach to what uh, blockchain, uh, taking a modular approach to blockchain technology, uh, we can really abstract this away and break it down into key concepts that really matter within uh, developing this tech stack and utilizing the technology. So the three are the execution layer, the settlement layer, and the data availability layer. So uh, when I mention the virtual machine, that is the execution layer. Uh, mm -hmm. This is what processes transactions. Um, the settlement layer is what validates the order of transactions. So when mm -hmm. people are talking about a consensus mechanism, um, this is where the settlement layer really, uh, really, they're really talking about the settlement layer, which is how you are ensuring with finality that these transactions are properly ordered. Um, finally, there is a data availability layer, which ensures that all data is available once it's published. So any node that is connected to um, the blockchain itself can readily um, re-record uh, re or, or re-look into that um, transaction that has occurred. Mm. So like for just to give us an example, like Arbitron, for example, is the execution layer that's using uh, Ethereum as the settlement layer, right? So um, that like, what's the counterpart for you for Nitro? Yeah, that's a that's a great analogy. So um, for Nitro, the execution layer is C-level VM, which is a Solana virtual machine. Mm -hmm. And then our settlement layer and data availability occurs on Say, which is a blockchain within the Cosmos that is optimized for DeFi builders. So what what is the... <laughs> Uh, what is the rationale behind this, uh, like a, a, a specific choice of the, the scaling solutions? Uh, now, I, I guess like let's let's break it down for two parts. First of all, is the as choice of SVM. We like everybody like it's more familiar with uh, uh, EVM, right? The, the, the Ethereum virtual machine. So, what's the how, how is the SVM better? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a that's great question. question. Number one, okay, and number two is. Uh, so, so you, you're 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 different from the uh, Ethereum layer two, so which is using Ethereum as a settlement layer. So, I, I guess at first I at the beginning I introduced you as a Solana layer two, but you it's, that's actually a misnomer because you're not really using Solana as the settlement layer, right? You're using the chain and Cosmos. So, t talk us through like these these choices. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm gonna address the first question first, like how we are a Solana layer two. So really the problem that Nitro is addressing is the fact that Solana has this very strong developer community and currently they're unfortunately siloed on one single chain. So mm -hmm. no, Nitro addresses this as the first SVM outside of Solana and it makes it easy for Solana teams to be able to port over their apps and to expand in the Cosmos ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, and Cosmos users are really interested in this because it provides them with the opportunity for more applications to deploy in the ecosystem. Um, so that, this is really where we are a scaling solution for Solana we help uh, uh, enable Solana developers to have this optionality in order to expand multi-chain uh, without having to learn a new smart contract language. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I guess your second question was around why we decided to use the SVM. So uh, the benefit of SVM is it enables parallel processing of non-overlapping trans transactions. So instead of what happens on EVM, which is that all the, the, the transactions are sequentially processed, mm -hmm. um, as a result of that parallel processing, 
uh, that enables the really high performance of the Solana virtual machine, where you can get thousands. I think the average TPS on Solana is around 3,000 TPS, uh, 3,000 transactions per second, which is significantly higher than what happens on uh, within EVM blockchains, where TPS is uh, 15 transactions per second. If DeFi is ever going to scale and uh, a lot of other like types of dApps, such as gaming, uh, you're going to need significantly higher TPS um, to onboard billions of people into crypto. Um, a great analogy to, to understanding why that why this performance matters is the fact that like Visa um, Visa tr- uh, manages about twenty five thousand transactions per second. So for any of these apps to truly be able to scale and to have a global audience, the performance of the execution layer has to be higher. So that is like a true benefit of using the SVM versus the EVM. So, so okay, so just to clarify something, so for the Ethereum layer 2s, for example, for Arbitrum and Optimus, I think their TPS transaction per second is also in the thousands. Um, so are you saying you can do better performance than those using SVM? And if so, Yes, that's much? exactly right. So the, the theoretical uh, TPS for Solana is significantly higher than what is happening on their uh, current mainnet. Um, so, you know, this is upward to hundreds sure, of thousands sure. of transactions per second. Yes, yes, but, but, that's, that, but that's due to the consensus mechanism of Solana, right? So, but you are using the Solana uh, execution environment, but you're not really using Solana uh, as the settlement layer. So how is that, you know, how are you taking advantage of the TPS, uh, of the performance advantage of Solana? Yeah, so the, the core benefit here is that we don't use the settlement, the settlement layer of Solana. Um, and as a result, right, we can actually uh, offer higher TPS um, by just actually increasing the amount of processors that are connected to the node that we run uh, at Nitro. Uh, that being said, uh, currently the Solana kind of network and the, the settlement layer is holding back the execution layer. So the execution layer has much higher theoretical throughput, right? Um, And, you know, over time, they will continue to optimize and improve that, the performance of the the TPS and the latency of the execution environment. But that's the beauty of the modular execution environment of Nitro, um, as well as just creating a modular execution environment in general, is that you can abstract away the benefits of different aspects of a tech stack, and then utilize that to create an optimal environment for builders to create dApps in. So, 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 so far, like, uh, just from what we've talked about uh, right now, like, tell me if, if this impression is correct, because I, I feel like uh, uh, maybe what your, your, your value prop, it's, it's not exactly the TPS, because, uh, you know, there, there, there are multiple solutions uh, right now with, uh, you know, roll-ups and layer twos and layer threes to achieve some level of a high performance. Uh, but you're really just targeting, but you're, you're really targeting the users, uh, which are apps already building on Solana that wants to venture out into other ecosystem. And it's an easy way to do that. Is that right? Without uh, yes, that's, that's certainly a big aspect of our value proposition. But that being said, uh, Nitro is really this gateway between the Cosmos and Solana ecosystems, right? Both ecosystems are primarily Rust developers that, uh, that can learn about, like learn and utilize the smart contract languages that they, they code in. So, mm-hmm. you know, long-term uh, we see opportunities for 
these team, these kind of builders to come together and build entirely new dApps within Nitro. So yes, that is part of the value proposition. Um, mm. Additionally, um, because of the way that we've created Nitro, we utilize the high performance of C-level VM and also um, utilize a different consensus mechanism, right? And for settlement here, and one of the challenges of Solana currently is in the past has been these outages, right? So the consensus mechanism mm -hmm. of the Cosmos, right? The tender, the tenderment consensus has been proven to be very robust um, and has utilized and has like managed a lot of different challenges within uh, the crypto space. So oh. these user, these builders that come in and create dApps on Nitro will have the high performance execution environment of SVM and also can benefit from the reliability of having a different settlement layer. Mm. So, so, so then my, my question is, uh, if you are talking about like targeting the apps that are already on Solana, but wants to have a more reliable settlement layer, why not build a, a SVM using Ethereum as a settlement layer? Uh, why go to Cosmos? Because, uh, you know, obviously Ethereum is a much bigger ecosystem compared to Cosmos. What, what's the thinking there? Yeah, so a lot of these builders are very excited about the opportunity to come into the Cosmos. Um, because of a lot of kind of recent announcements that we've seen here, right? So um, they're really excited about the fact that DeFi is really nascent within the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, as uh, as kind of the, they've largely been building out the infrastructure of the Cosmos for a long time, and now it's all coming together. Uh, we see major players that are coming into the space, including uh, USDC, native USDC within the Cosmos. Um, DYDX has come over as a result of kind of realizing that um, a lot the solution that they were aiming for within uh, the Ethereum ecosystem, right? So building on, on StarkNet uh, was, was not actually the best solution for what they're doing. And this kind of really validated the Cosmos app, the app specific blockchain thesis here for them, because they can actually create a, um, their own blockchain that uh, can optimize for their exchange. Um, so a lot of these builders were excited to come into the into the cosmos uh, before DeFi really explodes. And, you know, additionally, one major aspect to why they're coming over and are excited about being in the cosmos is the fact that there is very little overlap between the liquidity and the mm -hmm. users that started out in the cosmos and that started in, in Solana. So mm -hmm. the users are entirely different, as well as the liquidity and the formation of the community itself. So mm -hmm. uh, the Cosmos was established in 2014, uh, so around the same time that Ethereum was established. And it really was a, a, like a very grassroots organi like, uh, social organization of, of the chain itself. So you know, a lot of the liquidity and the users there um, have supported the project for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what a lot of these Solana um, dApps are looking for, which is different users and then different uh, liquidity and liquidity that is like far more organic than what they have seen in other ecosystems that um, were really um, very, very much so supported by funds and then professional market makers. So it's an opportunity for them to find these users that are fairly educated in crypto and mm -hmm. are also looking for true use cases and adoption um, for their uh, for how to use crypto. Um, and that's kind of uh, something that was really appealing to them. Mm. Okay, so if I hear it correctly, basically the builders in the Solana ecosystem, they may want to come to Cosmos because it, it's a, like a, a relatively non-overlapping user base. So it really helped them to branch out to new, to reach new users. 
And also there's organic growth in Cosmos and it's growing, you know, hopefully uh, in coming years, it will be much faster. Yeah, that's exactly uh, right. Even in, even during the bear market, um, the Cosmos is one of the only ecosystems that has grown over the past six to eight months. Um, and once again, they've really kind of realized their are slowly realizing their vision of becoming the internet of blockchains that is connected through uh, IBC or inter-blockchain communication. So there's you know hundreds of millions of dollars worth of um, asset transfers um, mm. throughout this internet of blockchains. Um, and you know uh, these two blockchains, Solana and Cosmos, really sit on the opposite side of the blockchain trilemma here, where um, the Cosmos ecosystem has always been focused on horizontal scaling through mm -hmm. app-specific blockchains. And then Solana is focused on this high performance um, single blockchain, right? Mm -hmm. Where they believe that they could over time vertically scale. So mm -hmm. you have a lot of users that came in from very different, um, like very different time periods, as well as with very different um, understandings, of, understandings of the philosophical challenges of, of blockchain technology. Um, so at Nitro, being able to bring them together um, and create kind of this community that understands the different trade-offs is like very exciting for these builders that want to come in um, to Nitro and um, you know uh, participate from Solana um, and come into the Cosmos ecosystem. Mm. Okay, so I well I want to get get into you know more of the, uh, the, the details in terms of uh, who you are actually targeting, but let let's uh, let's get get down to a bit more of a step back a little bit. So how, how did you pick up this idea and uh, what made you think this this would be an idea that has legs that worth uh, devoting yourself to. Yeah, so once again, um, I really got this idea through my work researching modular execution environments and you know looking at major projects, looking at how the Ethereum community um, was viewing how they wanted to scale. And you know, over this time period that I was researching what type of ecosystems and what type of developers would be highly attractive to bringing over to say during my time there, I was just continually really, really impressed by the quality of builders within the Solana ecosystem. Um, I thought that they always, they had incredibly high quality ideas, incredibly high quality teams, and then um, they were optimizing for the, 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 uh, the user experience, which mm -hmm. you know, largely is one of the biggest challenges within all, of all of crypto. It's just the challenge of onboarding new people um, into dApps and into different pro uh, into their projects, um, and I was just blown away by the the strength of the developer community there. Um, and you know, at, at a certain point, we just had this epiphany moment where um, it's like this would be highly beneficial for um, for these teams if there was an opportunity for them to very simply come over into um, different ecosystems, starting mm -hmm. out with the Cosmos and have the opportunity to find users liquidity as well as um, other thought leaders that can help them drive forward with their projects. So long term, the focus for um, Nitro is to become this scalability engine where um, teams can utilize Nitro in order to use to spin up several or you know any separate SVM rollup and use mm -hmm. any layer one for data availability and settlement. Um, this provides these Solana developers the opportunity and optionality in order to succeed in any in like for on any chain where they feel like they have connections and resources in order to find users and traction. Okay, so if I understand correctly, you're saying right now you're starting with Cosmos, but eventually what you want is just to have SVM anywhere uh, that you can, you know, do settlement on. Is that right? That's exactly right, and that's where you know we have this focus on 
making sure making sure that um, the Solana VM uh, can't become this universal development and uh, development standard within crypto. Um, mm. You know, just spending a lot of time just thinking about how Web two played out. There's no one single um, software language that all engineers use, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, from an end user standpoint, nobody really knows, uh, like most end users, they don't know what Amazon is coded in, right? Um, but, you know, there are these, there are multiple different languages that are utilized within um, the Web2 sex stack. And we think that long-term Web3 will be the same way. And the SVM is really that poised to be the next development standard within crypto because of the innovations it makes with parallel processing, as well as the strength of the Solana Foundation in order to push um, push forward this blockchain technology and um, help enable, um, help empower builders to create these dApps that really do have product market fit and can help um, scale blockchain technology to billions of users. Okay, so talking about Web2 analogy, so in your view, what would be the equivalent of JavaScript in Web3? Well, JavaScript is coming to Web3. I'm not sure if you know about the, the, yeah, Agoric, yeah, the Agoric team, which is very in, impressive. In, instead of like, but, but if, since we're talking about the, you know, the, the analogy the, uh, to Web2, right? So you have, uh, uh, like you said, a, a development standard uh, that, that is uh, going to have a network effect. So what, what, what do you think will be the equivalent that is that going to be the, the, the Solana the SVM or something else? Uh, uh, because right now it seems like uh, the, the EVM is, uh, is the, is the standard, right? So, yeah, I would say that the EVM is a standard. Um, it's tough to draw an analogy because they are so different, but I would say that like the, the SVM or the C or C level VM is poised to be the next major uh, development standard within crypto. Uh, because it it provides that solution as far as being a high performance uh, smart contract language that the EVM cannot offer, right? Um, and I think that is like where it's highly beneficial, where parallel processing and the the ability to have incredibly high throughput that is mm -hmm. that has parity with um, uh, some of the performance of Web two servers and you know Web two uh, development is really what is important, right? Because you know, these dApps that do not have this high performance, they would not be able to scale long term. Um, and once again, like if, if, you know, payment processors and payment is, is a major kind of analogy here with Visa having to effectively um, uh, managing around 25,000 uh, transactions per second, we need to have that type of parity and, you know, C-level VM offers that in the long term. So, uh, what what did you do to to validate this idea after you got started uh, to make sure this is something you want to move forward with? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, um, it, the the best way that I thought about kind of validating the idea and, and really having conviction around creating Nitro was analyzing major blockchain, other major blockchain projects. Um, mm -hmm. I evaluated kind of the strengths and weaknesses of each one of these teams and the te the projects that they're building, and you know, I also thought about what innovations actually matter to progress the space um, for these applications, once again, to provide utility for users and to have this um, long-term benefit to the end users and the Solana tech stack and the quality of builders just stood out from the other solutions that are, are currently out there. You know, uh, also I talked to a ton of different Solana teams during the ideation phase and, and a lot of them are really eager for the opportunity to bring their innovations to these other ecosystems without having to rewrite mm -hmm. their code bases. 
Um, and that was like, you know, a big reason why we believe that we could gain that tra gain traction early on for what we're building at Nitro. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, I think at the end of the day, we really have to think about where the industry will be in three to five years. Um, obviously, with the current challenges in the bear market, it seems like, oh, there's no traction. You know, there's there's nobody that's here anymore. But really what matters is that this technology can really lead to these decentralized solutions to major problems that we're having within um, our current, uh, kind of the current way that our society is set up. And the Solana tech stack really does provide this kind of opportunity to uh, create a truly global decentralized financial system in the future, as well as um, provide the scalability um, that is needed in order to make sure that these type of um, decentralized applications will work as uh, more users are onboarded into the space. So you, so you're the founder of Nitro, right? So, or are you, or are you the co-founder? I'm a co-founder of Nitro. Okay. So who else on the team? Yeah. So uh, our CTO, uh, my CTO, uh, is uh, he is that's Tony, who's an ex Robinhood engineer. Um, mm -hmm. We met at Say, and we just really hit it off with kind of our belief in what this, what uh, what we can provide in space long term, and how like scale, like you know, we were really just excited about. Uh, thinking about scalability solutions and how to build infrastructure in order to help builders succeed in the long term. Um, so, you know, eventually we realized that like this modular approach to blockchain technology that Nitro really leans onto was really the next stage for how um, how um, blockchain projects will kind of succeed in the long term. So we kind of decided to leave there and focus on building this out. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of uh, where we are now. So, so, so where, where are you exactly? So in terms of uh, the development stage you're in and uh, what kind of projects are you, you know, lo looking to attract into Nitro? Yeah, so we, that's a great question. We are, we actually announced our testnet during um, Breakpoint. So there have been numerous teams that are building Breakpoint on the, is, on the by the way, is the Solana conference that just happened. Uh, uh, in Europe, right? In, is yes, in Lisbon. Um, so we had a lot of teams that were playing around with the testnet during the conference. Um, we're planning on having our mainnet launch in Q1 of next year. Um, and we're also just very excited about working in that community formation right now. So being able to bring Cosmos and Solana users together um, uh, within our own community and have just launched our Grand Prix campaign in order to um, uh, have this fun way of bringing together Cosmos and Solana users and also teaching them about various different projects and uh, tooling that they can use uh, from the ecosystem that they are less familiar with. So Cosmos users are currently uh, um, currently uh, opening up Solana wallets and uh, Solana users are currently learning about how um, these Cosmos wallets work. Um, and we think it's going to be a very fun way to bring people together and to learn about the different ways that uh, uh, blockchain technology can scale long term. So how does this campaign work? Yeah, so we're bringing together our, our members into our Discord server, and then we're mm -hmm. going to have very, uh, uh, we're going to have these different stages um, in which these users will be able to participate in fun friendly competitions in order to um, uh, compete for rewards, as well as um, uh, earn different uh, kind of NFTs and other rewards from projects that we collaborate with. So uh, this is just a fun way for these users to get together into a, a online community 
um, mm -hmm. learn about uh, these different projects that they likely have not never heard of before, and also to uh, kind of create collab a collaborative environment in order for um, these Cosmos users to ask Solana users questions and for them to really see what the, the major kind of projects and innovations of each, um, uh, each one of the ecosystems have to offer. So that's kind of how it works. Um, we're planning on running this campaign, uh, kind of moving into our, our Q1 mainnet launch, and it's just a way to get everybody on board and to create this kind of um, e vibrant ecosystem uh, that will be excited for the DAP set build and, and launch on Nitro going into mainnet. So is there any incentive for projects that are building uh, on Nitro? What kind of incentive are you offering? Yeah, so as far as the incentives for builders on Nitro, we actually have don't have an incentive program right now. Mm -hmm. And like all these conversations and initial develop, developer commitments and kind of uh, collaborations that we've been working on are all organic. Um, the teams that we're working on closely with are, you know, they've really been proactive in reaching out to us and uh, we will provide them with ecosystem support. Um, later on, there will be, uh, you know, additional resources, but currently they're just really excited about the opportunity to build uh, within the cosmos and have this organic audience that we mentioned before. So, you know, it's a big opportunity for them to come in and be one of the first Solana projects that it, it gets involved within the cosmos ecosystem and that these cosmos users will be aware of. So once again, it's a, it's a really, really great way for them to go multi-chain um, mm -hmm. while also like being able to focus on their core product, right? Because they don't need to make any changes to their code base. Um, mm -hmm. So they can continue to focus on their core product on Solana uh, while also having this opportunity to come into the Cosmos ecosystem and find um, find new users, find new liquidity, and even potentially find new builders that they can work together with. So how many projects are we talking about right now? Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, because we're still uh, kind of in negotiations with a lot of the teams, I, I can't mm -hmm. say a definitive number, but... Uh, we do. We did have one team that just announced was the Cipher Protocol. Um, they like to frame themselves as the Disneyland for derivatives, and uh, they are building a spot uh, perpetual as well as futures uh, exchange, decentralized exchange on Solana. So mm -hmm. we're excited for them to come on board in the Nitro and be one of the and be one of the first teams to uh, deploy on Nitro. So, so what type of projects are you are you? Uh, seeing that are interested in your solutions are we talking about like uh, give us some descriptions in, in terms of the sector and use cases breakdown yeah so um, our, our v1 iteration of Nitro is a general purpose roll-up so mm -hmm. it's very similar to Arbitrum um, so we've actually gotten a significant amount of, uh, of excitement and attraction to the opportunity from DeFi teams um, gaming projects and NFT projects um, the reason being is like currently within the cosmos, there's no true blue chip gaming or NFT project that has like really created a really strong central voice within the ecosystem. So there's a big opportunity for a lot of these Solana projects that have a lot of uh, experience with community growth and um, you know formation of, of of these strong communities that have a, a strong voice within the ecosystems to come over and to be a de facto uh, leading project within within the ecosystem. As far as DeFi, um, because of my previous experience at Say, uh, there are a lot of different DeFi teams that are interested in coming over to Nitro um, and deploy some of these core primitives that we've seen in other ecosystems. So these are things like stablecoins, uh, lending and borrowing options, um, lending and borrowing protocols, 
options, um, spot and, and, and perpetual exchanges as well. So, and additionally vaults. So basically the, uh, everything that you've seen in the Solana DeFi ecosystem is something that uh, people are thinking about deploying on Nitro. Uh, mm -hmm. The reason being, once again, there's this huge opportunity to uh, garner users and liquidity that are attracted to um, uh, that are attracted to these new these new types of DApps that they have not had the opportunity to explore within the Cosmos ecosystem because of, because the Cosmos ecosystem is so largely in its infancy. So a lot of the the projects in in, in the Cosmos ecosystem are still primarily chains where you can, for the most part, only stake your tokens. Um, obviously, there's been a, a ton of progress there, um, mm -hmm. but they're excited about being able to to deploy their their applications that uh, already that they were very comfortable with already, um, and they've had some traction uh, on Solana. And to bring it over into the Cosmos, um, provide a new unique user experience to these users within the Cosmos, um, and find um, uh, additional new traction there. So just in terms of uh, one technicality, uh, when so if a project that's already on Solana and uh, they're using you to deploy on Cosmos, it does not really, you, you, you don't really help them to, to, to move their asset over, right? So they still, if like, for example, they're an NFT project, if they want to be able to transfer assets um, from Sol across Solana and the Cosmos ecosystem, they still need to use some kind of separate bridging or messaging solution, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and we are like, yes, that's exactly right. So um, a lot of the opportunity for, I would say, NFT builders is to, you know, potentially um, create a new project on Nitro mm -hmm. or um, figure out a way where they can airdrop um, an additional uh, kind of uh product to uh, new community members in the night in uh, that are involved in nitro so you know nft holders on solana uh, would have this opportunity to come into nitro and then have this new this new product that is created by their team um, that being said we are also chatting with um, several and are very well connected with several uh, bridging and general purpose uh, messaging protocols um, or blockchains that are interested in um, solving some of these liquidity challenges and creating a, a you know a native bridge between Solana and and uh, and and Nitro. So who else are offering are working on the SVM uh, idea besides you? Um, yeah, so I would say that um, I guess Tasha, your question is around like uh, competitors uh, yes. and competitors in the space, right? So I would say that anybody that's like creating a modular uh, roll-up solution where you are abstracting away the different aspects of a blockchain. So between um, uh, between the execution layer, the settlement layer and data availability is somebody that uh, would be a sort of like a competitor to what we're building at Nitro. Um, so uh, the Dimension team is one that is like working on creating, um, they're, they're working on creating uh, what they call roll apps, which are uh, essentially a, a sort of this combination between the Cosmos tech stack and then roll up technology. Um, and they're very focused on creating um, uh, these app specific, let's call them like app specific roll up technology solutions. Mm -hmm. So these are, so they're working with um, builders that are wanting to create um, decentralized applications that are entirely optimized for their one use case. Um, so that's like one way that we're different. Um, uh, we think that moving forward, there's going to be a lot of interest in, um, in kind of roll up technology and, thinking about how you can create modular solutions to um, 
block to these blockchain projects. Um, and you know, we are thinking about how we are we can create this optimal environment for these Solana developers to come over and to kind of create uh, gain traction for their um, for their projects. And then over time, when they do gain traction, we can work with them and uh, work on creating an app specific roll up for their specific DAP once they gain significant amount of traction. And with those type of projects, we would be able to optimize their app specific rollup for their use case. So like, for example, like a gaming project that gets significant traction with uh, on a Nitro rollup, um, they could then kind of spin off and create their own uh, Nitro app specific gaming rollup uh, that mm -hmm. optimizes for things like TPS um, to make sure that it's very high performant for gamers that are planning on creating uh, that, that need like really high uh, TPS in order for their games to function well. So what, what, why are you focusing on, uh, I guess, a non-app specific <laughs> uh, chain instead of, uh, you know, app chain? So, I mean, if the, if the uh, applications really want to uh, customize and optimize for performance, it seems like app specific chain is the way to go, no? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so yes, like app specific, like uh, having an app specific um, rollup is mm -hmm. beneficial for performance. But the, real, the true challenge still within the space is gaining enough traction in order for that to matter, right? Mm -hmm. So we're really focused on starting out with, a ge with general purpose rollups because uh, there needs to be this social formation that occurs in order to gain significant amount of user attraction to, um, to a project before uh, they are able to kind of have enough traction for them to want to, to spin off. Because the benefit of the general purpose blockchain is the fact that you have social cohesion and you have this, you have the composability of being able to work with other builders that are creating complementary dApps um, on top of a, a blockchain that has um, a sense of shared liquidity, right? So um, that's why we really wanted to focus on the general purpose approach first, uh, so we can create this vibrant grassroots um, Solana VM chain at the start um, that benefits from having multiple builders that are working on different types of uh, solutions for users. Um, and then over time, as they gain traction um, and as they gain attention, because they have really, really strong products that provide a really strong um, user experience, um, then they would consider they could consider creating an uh, a app specific rollup for their protocol. Um, and that's pretty similar to the approach that DYDX took. Yeah, but DYDX is, is their own chain, right? So so oh, yes. the, the, the Cosmos the Cosmos is already uh, you know having a modular structure. So you have the inter-blockchain communication protocol that makes uh, you know, cross-chain messaging much, much easier compared to if you're building on other ecosystem. Like, uh, you know, if you're building on Solana, it's like you, you have one chain and it's very scalable one chain, but you, if for it to be interoperable, you have to be on the same chain. But in, Co in Cosmos, you can have your own chain and still be, have a high degree of interoperability with, with other chains. Isn't that the, isn't that the whole, not the whole idea, but the selling point, uh, one of the major selling point of, of Cosmos. Uh, so why, why are we building a just a general purpose uh, chain on Cosmos instead of uh, letting like a SVM, providing SVM for, for projects to build their own? Chain? Oh yeah, so, so going back, coming back to my kind of discussing what, like what happened with DYDX, I meant more that they, uh, DYDX started within Ethereum, right? Um, mm -hmm. And they gained traction there, but then because they got so much traction, 
um, the congestion just wasn't like their solution for creating an exchange just wouldn't work on the main chain. So then they, they transitioned into working with, with Stark, Starkware. Um, mm-hmm. They realized that that solution wouldn't work with them for long term. So then they moved, like, because they have their own user base, they're, they're uh, betting that they can bring them over into the Cosmos um, and create their own optimized app-specific chain because they already have those users and they have the traction in order to do that, which a lot of protocol teams are struggling with um, uh, within uh, other ecosystems. So that's the opportunity with Nitro. Like Nitro provides them that opportunity in order to create that social cohesion that they need in order to gain enough traction in order to, um, in the future, think about like spinning off and becoming an app-specific um, project, app-specific roll-up in the future. So um, I guess your question is going is, focused on like, why are we focused on, uh, like the Cosmos is very focused on these app specific chains and like, what is the need for that modularity? Um, I think the need is once again, has to do with uh, providing these builders an opportunity in order to go multi-chain within the Cosmos, which isn't provided by an app, an app specific uh, approach at this point within the Cosmos, right? So um, it's particularly challenging in order for um, these builders to come over and to focus on both infrastructure as well as building out their product. So that's where we come in. We provide them with the uh, infrastructure in order to have that optionality to come into the ecosystem and then focus entirely on improving their core product. Um, because by improving their core product and improving the, cons- the customer experience um, mm. as well, the, uh, the user experience, as well as um, you know, having access to new users, they can then one day like kind of have that traction in order to um, build their own app specific case in the that use case in the future. So the challenge I there see. is like um, the, the challenge with the app specific blockchain approach is uh, it is a very, very hard uh, kind of challenge technically and also from a business case to build out your own blockchain from the ground up as mm-hmm. well as like build out a specific use case for that. Um, and like being able to do that successfully is like very, very challenging. Most builders should really be focusing on like one core major challenge in, in the blockchain space and spend 100% of their time devoted to working on that specific um, challenge, right? And that's where you see some of the challenges with the Cosmos approach to app-specific blockchains is that each one of these projects um, has to educate the kind of fragmented community base about what their specific project solves for. Um, and, you know, the tech is amazing. The community is amazing. It's just very challenging to get that social, for, uh, that social, uh, I would say, traction and, like, that critical mass that, like, um, more general purpose chains have uh, succeeded with um, in order to get a true, strong community around. And that's what the Solana Foundation has done a tremendous job of doing, optimizing for uh, bringing on new developers into their ecosystem and having builders that can uh, build with one another and to like create these really strong partnerships that uh, attracts users and attracts this community that can stick around, uh, where they, they all kind of, um, they buy into the underlying philosophy of the blockchain itself and then can build together. Um, and that's a challenge with, uh, some of the app-specific blockchains is the fact that um, it's hard when you have a very fragmented um, community that really does believe in the, the Cosmos um, tech stack, but they don't have like a, you know, a one single entity that they can really uh, uh, utilize as a source of truth and to understanding where, uh, like understanding how the project is progressing and where they should get involved. 
So that's where like Nitro comes together and can uh, act as this gateway um, for those projects that are coming in from Solana, as well as like helping create a place that uh, these these Cosmos users can come in and really understand what the the uh, Solana approach to scaling blockchain technology is. Um, and that's where like yeah, as an infrastructure layer, that's where we come in and help create this uh, this uh, this understanding of of how the Solana virtual machine is highly beneficial, as well as like how the Cosmos has like created this really robust and long lasting community. Um, so we're really impressed by both of these approaches. And like, we just want to act as this bridge. Uh, like I would say not even like a, you know, a, like a, not a bridge of assets, but really this like bridge of or meeting of the minds between the two ecosystems and communities. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but talking about challenges, so we have a lot <laughs> right now, right? With uh, Solana ecosystem, you, you picked a great time to launch. <laughs> uh, so we are like about two weeks after the um, FTX uh, debacle. And uh, you see the Solana ecosystem ha is having a lot of challenges right now. And uh, some people are predicting the death of the entire chain. Uh, want to hear your thoughts on that and what you're seeing? Yeah, no, I mean, certainly the, the elephant in the room is the FDX situation. And I certainly think that that will set crypto adoption back because it destroyed trust in, in crypto. It destroyed like a lot of trust in like who we should believe in, right? Um, but it definitely does also show the need for decentralized finance, um, particularly decentralized exchanges, which the Solana tech stack is like really well positioned in order to, uh, to help build in the, in the long run, right? Uh, given that it's really optimized for high performance environments, right? So high TPS, low latency. So, you know, the tech team, like, I think, um, you know, I have a lot of faith that the tech and the team behind Solana um, will, like, be able to uh, continue to innovate. And, you know, that this is, like, really where we see how a strong community matters. Um, it's really a watershed moment. It's similar to when uh, ETH had a similar kind of crash in its price and, you know, uh, non-believers left. So I think that it's a moment where we're going to see a lot of bad actors and non-believers that were kind of in for like the speculative side of, of Solana leave. And mm -hmm. you're left with like true supporters of the ecosystem. Um, we've seen how a lot of these true believers have sticked around and have like uh, really helped try to deal with a lot of the fallout from the FTX situation. And so, you know, we really see that like you know, long term, I believe that Solana will survive and they will, you know, be able to come out of this on top. Um, you know, we've seen that, like, we've seen this with kind of the fact that, like, the Solana team already had a clear plan for continuing to innovate and to cater to building for um, these future builders that will be able to succeed through the innovations that they are, are working on uh, with their core tech stack. Um, mm. And, you know, I think that I was really impressed with a lot of the innovations that they shared at Breakpoint as far as things like Fire Dancer, um, the, the, the Saga phone, and things like compressed uh, transactions, which really helps benefit and helps bring on like new users and onto the ecosystem long term. So, you know, while this is like certainly a risk, um, we, we really do believe that the Solana Foundation um, and we really believe in the, the strength of the Solana Foundation, their long term vision. And the fact that they can, they will be able to get over this catastrophe. Um, and it's largely just a rinse of a lot of the bad actors within the space. Um, so obviously we're like, our success is critically tied to 
um, the success of Solana. And consequently, long term, we're committed to supporting the ecosystem in any way that we can. So, you know, what, what a very tangible impact would, you know, aside from the uh, liquidity, um, you know, and people living in the ecosystem and so on. I think in terms of the for projects that are just starting, a very tangible impact is the funding, right? So um, FTX and Alameda, for better or worse, they were investing in a lot of the Solana ecosystem. So that part is gone. And also some other big investors that also, you know, got spilled over, impacted by FTX as well. Like they were also the big investors in the Solana ecosystem. So those guys are either dead or hurting badly. <laughs> and so who are going to pick up the slack in terms of funding and investing in the ecosystem? That's that's a question that I have in mind. So what, what, what's your view on that? Yeah, I, I think certainly you're, it's certainly a huge challenge because these major players likely do not have mm, the resources in order to support new projects. But that being said, I think that you'll you'll that there will be kind of new funds that come in and see this as an opportunity or are like kind of funds that were previously less involved within the Solana ecosystem because of the I would say like because of understanding and knowing that like they were not fans of maybe the approach that some of these funds were taking. So mm -hmm. I think that they will have new capital that comes in. It also kind of raises the uh, it raises an opportunity for, I would say, um, the public to get involved and for new ways of like crowdfunding to get like very popular for some of these mm -hmm. projects. So I think like, you know, it, it's one of the situations where this is a, obviously a catastrophe short term, but in the medium and long term, it could really come up, uh, could really enable um, really new and interesting and innovative ways for uh, fundraising in the space. So I think that we will see new funds that get involved to support uh, strong builders. And then we will also see uh, I would say innovative ways for um, for projects that are really indicating that they have an innovative or, in, or really good idea to raise it through non-conventional means as well. Um, and, and this is something that uh, is really prevalent in the Cosmos ecosystem as well. So there have been a, a significant amount of, of different approaches to fundraising, which makes um, kind of the opportunity at Nitro uh, very interesting, right? Because you have this first Solana VM chain within the Cosmos, um, mm. and we can kind of be able be a gateway to sharing what ideas worked for other app chains and other projects within the Cosmos ecosystem. So these are things like you know public uh, public raises and like a, like liquidity bootstrapping uh, pro ideas as well. To where like this could be an entirely new way for Solana projects to raise. Um, and I think like you know uh, through the through the kind of the fallout of the catastrophe, we're going to see different ways of of. Uh, making sure that we can support really strong builders. So, so talking about fundraising, how are you doing the fundraising yourself, uh, given the change in, in environment? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, I can't really, we're currently in the midst of a race um, mm -hmm. and we're really excited to just kind of share who is involved, uh, but I can't unfortunately disclose too much at, the, at this point. Um, but we are certainly thinking about like how uh, how we should approach this uh, within the context of being both a Cosmos and Solana um, based project. Okay, so um, how when did you when did you start this uh, uh, Nitro? Is that uh, beginning of this year or? Yeah, so I started working full time on Nitro at the beginning of July. Um, okay, and 
yeah, and we kind of came out publicly in September uh, to kind of share what we were working on and share this opportunity of being the first Solana VM chain. Um, so, you know, now we're in full blown, uh, uh, full bro- full blown. Uh, our full our full blown focus here now is kind of with uh, uh, community growth and building out awareness for what we're doing. Uh, but but you you started with another you had another company before right that uh, online tennis and that was uh, for how long? Oh yes, so I I actually ran my my tennis business um, for a year and a half. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. prior to that, um, and that was lo- largely focused on being this social network for tennis players, um, addressing um, the challenges of being a professional player that hasn't made it to the main like kind of the main circuit. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Tennis is an incredibly challenging sport to make to kind of play and be profitable, and you have to be top 100 in the world, or you're largely losing money. Um, and the the challenger and future circuit are incredibly tough to get through. Um, so the goal was to be able to connect these really high level tennis players with tennis players around the world that are looking for advice. Um, they're looking for ways to improve their game, and they're looking for mentorship. Um, so you know the main challenge there is that you have a fragmentation of all these different social networks um, as well as uh, payment rails in order to support people that are part of the network. Um, and that's really where I got attracted to uh, crypto infrastructure and the, the rails in which to support people um, either anonymously or just through a, a way of being able to incentivize them through tokens. Right. Um, so that was kind of one of the main reasons and main draws for why I got into, involved in the space. So how did that uh, platform go? Is it still running or what's the status? Yeah, so I, I transitioned out of the like running the platform um, uh, as I transitioned full time into crypto. So currently the, the project is no longer running, uh, but it's very interesting because a lot of the major players within the space um, a lot of the ideas that we were planning on implementing um, with the Academy. Okay, so um, like just as a final thought, can you share with us, uh, obviously you, you've been an entrepreneur for a while, so and you've been building in Web3 for a while. What are some of the major lessons or things that you know you learned that you think other entrepreneurs in the space should know? Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, really as a founder, the way I think about things now is like your goal is to really continually find needles in the haystack. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is you're like constantly looking for what you can do in order to 10x your own time and your own resources. Um, Another really important aspect to creating your your, your own project, running your own business is really like empowering your team. You want to make sure that you are very comfortable with the people that you've brought in and that you give them autonomy and you give them the resources in order to succeed at what their core strength is. Um, we think that I think that is like highly important, especially within Web3 um, in kind of this remote working environment that we have in order to succeed as a project. Um, finally, I think you really want to focus on why the why. So like, why are you spending time within this aspect of the project? And like, why is this critically important to growing um, awareness or growing um, kind of the use cases for what you're doing? Um, And finally, execution is really what matters at the end of the day. You want to make sure 
how you, that you can translate that why into uh, actionable steps and can execute on what your vision is. Um, I think that um, in the past, I think a lot, I've seen a lot of, a lot of different businesses um, that kind of spend too much time reflecting on what they should do rather than, mm-hmm. rather than just pushing forward and executing on things. So I think those are kind of the three most important lessons that I've, I've found just through my experiences as an entrepreneurship. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Tasha. Really enjoyed being here.